Hi and welcome to the Homeopathy Health Show. I'm Atik Ahmad Bhatti, a fourth generation homeopath with over 25 years of professional experience and practice in this field of healing. The Homeopathy Health Show is the online voice of homeopathy around the world, promoting and raising awareness of this truly unique system of healing, which is suitable for all ages, young and old. Every week I invite guests from the world of homeopathy to come and share their experiences, their work, offer insights and essentially talk all things homeopathy. Why not visit www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast button to listen to the latest episodes. So let's begin today's show here on UK Health Radio, the world's number one talk health radio. Hi and welcome to another episode of the Homeopathy Health Show here on UK Health Radio and I'm your host Atik Amadbati. Now I am thrilled to welcome my guest on the show Ian White who is the founder of the Australian Bushflower Essences and a fifth generation Australian herbalist. Ian White graduated from the University of New South Wales with a Bachelor of Science before completing degrees in naturopathy, herbal medicine and homeopathy and has been practicing successfully as a naturopath since 1979. Ian White, a fifth generation herbalist and of course founder of the Australian Bushflower Essences. It's a sheer delight and joy to welcome you to the Homeopathy Health Show today. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Atik. You know, I've, uh, I've, um, for the listeners out there, I've uh, been wanting to speak to Ian for a very, very long time. And uh, hey, that day has arrived, so it's going to be a really, really great show. I promise you that. Ian, you you know the history that you have is is truly remarkable and also very blessed and also fascinating. And um, you mentioned that your great grandmother actually worked as a herbalist during Australia's gold rush um, in the eighteen fifties. So, do you have any? Mem- do you have any stories rather that have been passed down of what it was actually like at that time to be a herbalist in, in Australia? It was actually my great-great-grandmother, and this was in the 1850s. And, uh, you know, the, fa- the stories coming down was just that um, alcohol was rife, that a lot, of, a lot of the miners weren't making anything, so it was, um, nutrition was quite poor. So there was a um, a, a lot of digestive things. There was a lot of injuries, you know, sort of to the hands, minor ones, um, whacking them, you know, hitting hands with picks and, sh- and, and what have you, a few fights breaking out. So um, shovels. Yeah, there were, there were quite a few challenging things going on there in the gold mine for her to, to be able to get supplies for all the herbs to treat too. It was interesting. And of course, um, having been passed down to your grandmother as well, which is something even more fascinating because, I mean, uh, what was that like? What was it like for you to experience, to have that experience of going out with your grandmother and learning about, you know, the beauties of, or the healing properties and beauties of, of plants and flowers? You know, as a, as a young boy, what were your initial thoughts? What did you what would you think about? I mean, was this something that you were 
interested in because you were going out or was it something that developed over time as far as the interest into the botanical properties? I really liked it that as we'd walk, she'd point out all the various plants and what their qualities were. So it was, um, I really enjoyed that there was this another, another layer toward the plants, of course, then helping her make up the fluid extracts and the, and the tinctures as well. So you, you'd see how that was transferred herbally from growing and then ending up in, the, you know, these um, concoctions and, and brown liquids or, or the, as I said, the tinctures, which are a lot clearer. Um, and it was just wonderful being out in the bush. I much preferred spending time with, with her than going to school. In fact, I developed the ability to bring on horrendous abdominal pains Monday to Friday. I'd usually wait for my dad, who was a, a pharmacist as well as a herbalist, to go off to work. And, you know, I'd, I'd come doubled up the pain to my mother and pleading that I wanted to go to school. And she said, oh, no, no, you're far too sick. You better spend the day next. And with your grandmother, who lived next door, though, to get next door, you had to climb down a cliff, or there was a, quite a lot big dirt road leading down to her. And um, I think she enjoyed my company. So, you know, when my mum would come back from work in the um, afternoon and she'd ask my grandmother, oh, how, how, how was he in? And she said, oh, gradually he got better during the day. And, of course, as soon as I realised mum would have left for work, you know, we were, it was like pain's gone, back out in the bush and, um, you know, doing nice things, walking, preparing the tinctures and, and hanging out with her, just far more exciting than school. So, you know, it was, it was lovely being out in nature in the, and then having that understanding of the, the various layers of what you see apart from just the beauty of the plants. Fascinating. How, how many years or how long was that period that you, you spent? Was it throughout your childhood as such? Well, unfortunately, uh, my grandmother was a heavy smoker and unbeknown to the family, even when I was born, her body was quite riddled with cancer. Now, she kept it at bay with a number of herbs. Um, there were Western herbs like phytolacca and sorrel, but there were other herbs that she was working with, Australian plants. And then she, when I was nearly turning eight, she went travelling to Europe. Her bags got lost, and the bags were all her herbs she was using. So by the time my father was able to collect all the plants that she needed in the right phase and get it across to her, the, the stress of travelling, she, she got very ill, went into a coma and was flown back to Australia. And um, so, you know, she died when I was <clears throat> just turned eight. And unfortunately, none of that information was written down. So it was a big part of, of you know, from my memories, really, you know, from four, three, four, up until um, seven, really, of, of um being with her and talking about the plants. That, that must have been a very difficult time because from reading about your background and, of course, what you're sharing here, there's a special link, there's a special love going out with your grandma anyhow. But the fact that together you were going out, you were finding plants, you were you know making herbal tinctures and you were being taught. So that, that must have been a... a a very difficult time for you as well. And then thinking, looking ahead itself about, you know, how you're going to take this forward, how you're going to carry her work forward. Yes. Well, you know, it, it, it was a real loss. It was a, it, quite a change, you know, then just uh, having that influence removed. 
Um, you know, fortunately, uh, where we grew, the bush was right there. We our properties backed onto national parks, so it was still mm. that ability to go out and be in the bush. And none of her information and and my great grandmother, along with my grandma, were some of the first white people looking at the medicinal properties of Australian plants. And you know, very little of that information has come through. And I didn't have the 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 memory of, oh, this plant is really good for that. As, as I got older, uh, you know, some of that went. Plus it was a little bit more herbal. And my research has been looking at carrying on that tradition, but looking at more the emotional, spiritual healing qualities of the plants. Of course, there are the physical ones as well. But by looking at the flowers as a vibrational one, as opposed to staying more just directly with the herbal. That's uh, quite interesting because obviously that's going to lead me to asking you about homeopathy. Uh, you have graduated from the University of New South Wales and you have a bachelor degree in science and you have degrees in naturopathy, herbal medicine and homeopathy. So do you are you still using homeopathy because the principles and the vibrations that you're speaking about are very much uh, you know, related to the principles of homeopathy itself? Yes, well, um, I was doing my science degree and uh, got quite ill traveling through Asia in the summer holidays there. And, mm. you know, physically quite and, and emotionally quite. And started working with yoga, Tai Chi, got back involved in herbal medicine. And, um, you know, I tried in my last year to combine therapies with my science degree. And when I finished the degree, I realized, well, the main thing I'm interested in is natural healing. So I then went and um, there was only one full-time course back in the 70s uh, in naturopathy and homeopathy in Australia. So I did that one. And, um, you know, I, I, I really liked the idea of flower essences, which I you know, had obviously studied. There was only the English ones available at that time. And I, I liked that, that anyone could use it. But, you know, predominantly I was a homeopath. Basically, the story was that a friend of mine I'd shared a house with as a student told me that he'd been diagnosed with bowel cancer. This was a young, charismatic, healthy, apparently very healthy person and wanted to, you know, ask me if I'd do a healing circle before they operated the next day. So all our mutual friends came. We did that. And, um, you know, that, unfortunately, they said there was nothing the doctors could do. It was spread everywhere through his liver, et cetera. So I continued the healing circle on a weekly basis hmm. and there was a, a meditation section in there and in meditations shortly after he died a number of months later i started getting pictures of plants told what where to go and make them up and what the healing qualities were and if i didn't know the plant then there'd be a little caption underneath with the botanic name now i said you know i was, I was in practice and um uh you know so I, i'd be going out in the morning making making the essences and the patients I'd be seeing the, that afternoon, evening, or the next day all needed that remedy. So it was the synchronicity was on the right track and also gave me the opportunity to observe the results. And, um, you know, I got, it was very exciting. The plants were work, the essences working very quickly. So during the first two year period, doing a lot of research, I was giving it off to homeopathic friends, to doctors, you know, some naturopaths to use, see if they could replicate the results. And, um, you know, so basically they could 
and um, started publishing the information. And, you know, I, I suppose it, it, it um, really took over my practice and became the, the main focus. And, I, you know, I've got hit by a surfboard when I was out uh, body surfing in Australia before this trip. I'm currently in Europe teaching and um you know it hadn't been responding so well so you know i've been taking silica now i'm not in full-time practice anymore i still see um you know some patients do a few zoom calls just because it's it's you don't want to totally give everything up that you're trained in hmm. you know like uh, you know probably the, the homeopathics so i'm not repertorizing as i did when i was in full-time practice but um you know, like there'll be occasions where I still think, okay, um, you go and need this remedy. Like one of my colleagues at, at the office um, fell, hurt her shoulder. So, you know, she's, um, you know, she's got some uh, symphytum, she's got eupatorium for bone pain. And, you know, so I suppose it's been narrowed down, but I still think homeopathic's wonderful. That's a, that's a really, really interesting, um, really, really interesting background indeed. But, uh, the Australian bushflower essences. Now, you have been looking at these amazing essences, and these are the Australian bushflower essences for over thirty-five years now. You know, you've you've found you're the founder of the of the Australian bushflower essences. Now, starting off with something like that requires an incredible amount of commitment and devotion and love and compassion for healing itself. How how did you? How did you find that? I mean, how does that work where you're in Australia, let's say, and how what what led you to which plants is is a question. How did you go about this? Was it very systematic or was it just um, trial and error, hours and hours of research, or or was it through meditation that you were led to certain plant species and so forth? Well, like I mentioned, it was uh, most of it was coming through in the meditation in, in in the early days, and occasionally it would be dreams. Hmm. Uh, sometimes I'd be a dream of a plant, and then would know that plant would be able to fo <clears throat> follow up uh, and doing the research on it. Um, the Paracelsus really championed a term called doctrine of signatures, and where you know the shape, color, location, the plant. Um, are the clues nature's giving to the healing quality. So certainly incorporating that aspect very much, as well as that more direct inner guidance and communication with the, with the plants as well. Um, and, and sometimes, uh, you know, like I've been reading, looking at a book and uh, say book of flowers and one will really jump out and it's like very much thinking, Oh, okay, this needs to be done. Mm. Now, as you mentioned, it's, it's, been um, you know over 35 years I've been doing the bush essences earlier this year I released um, the first new bush essence flower there's been a few spiritual remedies but it's the first new flower in 19 years and that's because rather than you know oh, I'm bored there's nothing to do there's nothing on Netflix I think I'll go out and make a flower essence it's it's more <laughs> waiting for the plant to communicate to me when it's ready to be made up so um, you know, there's a couple of flowers I've got information about. I'm doing research, but each year I get no. It's not the right time. It's not the right time. So it's it's very much that intuitive part of working with the plant and being open to any communication. You know, that's um, 
that that's actually a really really important point because uh, as a as a homeopath I, I know as far as intuition is concerned that sometimes you repertorize and you think oh, okay it's going to be this remedy or it's the, you know this is the remedy that's being shown for example or you open up the materia medica and you think okay this is the remedy but uh, i found so many times and certainly this is of course the case with with yourself here as well that like when i go to actually prepare the remedy <clears throat> excuse me it you know the thought that comes into my heart and my mind and you think actually it's not that it's it's going to be the other one even though it's completely uh, opposite perhaps to what uh, the diagnosis would be and and what the um, remedy itself is it, the indicated remedy is as such and uh, you know that's that's actually fascinating it's always fascinated me because you know you mentioned here that the time was not right and it's based on intuition and that you're given this guidance and i think that's so so important because with what you're doing and what you've achieved so far the fact that there are certain times for certain remedies which then are the remedies of that time almost uh is is so so important and it's it's the ability to be at one with nature and it's also ian very much to do with yourself as a result of being a custodian a fifth generation herbalist is no you know it's not just small talk and it's it's a great honor and to be able to be a custodian of that to be able to carry that on i think is is extremely admirable and um i have to ask you here as far as intuition is concerned though what was your first few experiences and and how did you feel at that time did you feel you were being guided or did you feel that oh this is this is me or maybe uh, I, you know maybe i read this somewhere and that's why i'm thinking about this well well for me it, it's um i suppose i could call it is a magic when you come to the making the essences and so there's that the more the mechanical aspect but how things unfold hmm. for example i you know received information about waratah which is the logo that we use for um the company and waratah was the only flower that the aborigines gave to the early white settlers because it was their highest flower and i got this information which was right at the end of the flowering season on the coastal areas where i live and 2 hours inland from sydney there is a uh, what's called the great dividing range and it's a higher altitude it's colder therefore the flowers are coming into bloom a little bit later and there was a professor of botany who was you know um uh, i was able to track down asked about the waratah and he had contacts for a family who um renowned for having some of the last flowering waratahs in the state and mm -hmm. when i got information about what the waratah did i really didn't want to have to wait till the following year to have it i thought this is an important remedy and so because i came through the professor they were willing to share the area where where they thought i might be able to find some but they said they'd been there about a week 10 days earlier because they had a license to pick them and they the, there'd been a papal tour and they had been asked to provide waratahs for you know on display and for the mass and what have you and they said well, look we were there about a week 10 days ago and that there, there was none left in flower but you're welcome to go there and have a look and you know I was in full time practice there was 
I was able to, you know, change a, a number of appointments. Can't, you know, so I, I was able to set up a, uh, a day where I could go a few days later. Unfortunately, the weather forecast changed and then it was, looked like it was bad rain. And that night it was saying it was going to be raining heavily all day. And I thought, oh, is it worth going? Because it was, it was about two and a half hour drive. Anyway, I thought um, that night in, in, I had a meditation. I saw this beautiful Waratah and I thought, oh, that's a good omen. I'm going. So I woke up pouring with rain in Sydney, still heavy rain when I got to the location. And there were, you know, walking around that area, there were, you know, about a hundred different Waratahs. But when I, and I got excited, but when I got close, you could see that they'd passed their peak in flowering and you really need a, a flowering peak bloom. Right. And after wandering around for about an hour, I came across a creek down into a gully and there was an identical plant. The markings on the stem were the same that I'd seen the night before. And I was, so I sat down and was just meditating uh, with the flower and suddenly there was a break just where I was. There was a, a, um, a diameter of um, about you know, three metres, nine, ten feet, where suddenly the clouds had broken and there was a sh- it was stopped raining and there was a shaft of sunlight came through and maybe about um, 20, 30 metres away, the mm. rain was still coming down. And I was like, well, this is a bit weird anyway so i pulled all my equipment out and prepared the essence and it takes you know about you know two and a half three hours and just at that point after the essence was complete i was taking the waratah out the the sky went black and it started uh, with incredibly heavy rain you know situations like that Mm. you know synchronicity happens so often that it's you know you, you you know it's very special I've just finished teaching, uh, we call it a level three workshop. I've taught it in Switzerland, um, France, and Italy in the last few weeks. And mm. the reason I put this workshop together is for people to experience that, that, that magical interconnection with not just nature, but it's also the spirit realm as well when an essence is created. And um, trying to, so as a group, we make up an essence together. And uh, so, but, you know, it's, it's things like that which really inspire me to continue the work and, and make it so rewarding, let alone getting the feedback from people saying, oh, I've used this essence and it's really helped me or my friend's family. And even a chat with you, you know, you're saying, wow, I get some great results with, you know, some of the remedies. I mean, to me, that's the, the impetus to, to keep going with the work because that's really what it's all about. That's a, that's a fascinating insight, you know, into into how you go about this process, and and I think it's quite inspiring for anyone listening that the the beauty here is that as a as a herbalist, you're directly involved. You know, you're touching those plants or flowers. You're you're actually you know making the essences by hand yourself, and then you're. Um, you're utilizing them for healing, and and I think that's just just amazing. And um, you know, I, I as you were saying that, you know, I was just picturing you, and I was trying to picture, you know, you sitting there in that gully, and the clouds, um, uh, mm. perhaps that dissipating slightly, and the rain stopping, and that's that was soothing in itself, and that's quite a magical story, but it's a very true story. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like it's. W- 
you know, my wife and I, you know, we traveled together to prepare the essences. And um, it's an interesting journey because we make essences from all around Australia. Hmm. And, uh, you know, sometimes we, and, you know, I don't grow the plants. I want to find them growing in the wild because they have to have a strong life force to survive drought, floods, fires, etc. And, uh, you know, there's one which would certainly appeal to people listening here called the Boab, which I'll mention briefly mm. in a moment. But to get there, it's a five-hour flight to the other side of the country. Then there's a waiting time, a connecting three-hour flight to, to fly into what area in the northwest. And from there, it's um, a, a two-and-a-half-hour drive to find the, the Boab tree. Now, it fl- it's I go to that area to make some other plans, but the Boab flowers just at the beginning of the wet season, which is in Australia, which is that... Um, uh, say December through to February, and there was one year we did all that, and um, the boab was very late coming into flower that year. So you know, like we we've flown for eight hours and we've been driving for three hours, and um, you know, it wasn't going to be any flowers. I had to sort of come back, and uh, uh, you know, w- without any results. So mm. uh, or sometimes you know, like uh, there's a couple of areas in the very centre of Australia where. You know, it gets very hot. In fact, it was 47 degrees temperature when I made Boab up the uh, recently. And, uh, you know, you, you, you load it up like a, a pack horse because you've got all your bowls, you've got water, the brandy, um, uh, beakers, etc. Mm. And you know, sometimes you're walking for, uh, for three hours in, in the heat, getting to those areas where you're gonna, you know you're going to find those plants. So it's... Um, yeah, there's a, a, I said that commitment, but you know the, you know there's a real passion to be out in nature, to be working with those plants, and, and you know see the results coming back of, of what they can do. It, it's um, yeah, it's, it certainly stimulates me to continue that. I, I think Ian, you know, the fact that the Australian bush fluorescences work so well is is a large majority of it is of course it's down uh, to the vibrational healing properties of of the flower itself but it's also to do with you to spend that much time and that much love and commitment the thing is that you have to have love for humanity to help humanity as far as healing is concerned to be able to spend the amount of time that you do and this story that you've just related or this example is the truth to that to spend hours and hours to go and find something which perhaps you you may not be able to um on a bad day let's say but then to yeah. stay committed and to go back that commitment and that dedication is the res- that is what results uh, you know also in success because you've worked hard and there has to be this inner drive and passion for healing to be able to, you know, to make such a big effort. I mean, you asked any any other Joe Bloggs to go and make that much effort, and it's like, oh, no chance, you know. But uh, the fact that you're able to do that is is really amazing. I just find it's where, as you were saying that, um, I was thinking that people like Dr. Hahnemann and the great homeopaths and others as well uh, in in the world of healing spent similar amounts of time. They were meticulous, as as you very well know, in uh, writing out the signatures of the properties uh, related to the, you know, the the sources that they had, the the plants and minerals. And 
you're doing this as we speak, you know, in the 21st century. And uh, that's just, you know, hats off to you and congratulations, because I think that really deserves, uh, that really deserves to be spoken about, you know, um, what what you're doing is, it's really humbling as well, to be honest with you, because uh, it's 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 such a nice feeling to know, and dare I say it, but because of the effort that you're putting in, I think you, the flowers are all the bush flower essences are always going to be successful, uh, whichever one you add in the future, um, because of this itself. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you give some wonderful acknowledgements, and for me, I, I feel like I've got the stewardship, so I really want to make sure that. I'm presenting it in the very best way and do what it takes to get them um, out there. And last year Mm. uh, we had a few days off and we were traveling in the, in the far North East of Australia. It's tropical area, right? Opposite the barrier reef. And on our very last day, we came across this tree called Colophyllum. Now it's not the homeopathic remedy spelt C-A-U-L Colophyllum. This is Calophyllum. And, um, you know, it, it just, this was the one that's the first new one in 19 years. And it was very clear that this was in essence needing to be made. Now, I didn't have the equipment with me. We're in a very isolated area in the middle of the rainforest. So I wasn't able to make it. So I did a lot of, you know, tuning in, got a lot of information. And I decided I'd come back the next year, which was this year, and prepare it. Now, I haven't been able to travel um, to Europe for four years because of all the travel restrictions with COVID, et cetera. So this year was a, it's quite a long one. It's, it's a three month um, teaching trip and a lot of preparation beforehand. And, um, you know, I was thinking, Oh, look, I just don't have the time to go up and make this essence. Plus I'm not sure if it's going to be in flower. And I knew it was definitely be finished flowering when I get back in mid July, but, I got a very strong message that, you know, it's got to be made, find the time. Mm. And um, so, again, it's like a three-hour flight, then another three-hour drive to get to this location. I'm not sure if it's going to be there and you need enough, lead enough time because if it's rainy, you can't make the essence, you need sunshine. So you need a few backup days in case the weather's not good. And um, interesting that one of the qualities of this essence is you know, it really is enhancing leadership, but it's putting you, taking you out of the comfort zone, like, oh, I could make it next year, it'd be much easier. But sometimes you need to be pushed to get out of that little, you know, take your comfy shoes off and do what needs to be done. And uh, it was interesting, that was part of the experience with, with this essence. Again, you know, as you say this, I think perhaps, you know, when you're involved with something so heavily, uh, it, it perhaps you sometimes, you know, one can become quite accustomed and, but it takes a step back sometimes to, to, to look at what you're achieving and to observe it. And again, I say to you that to spend that much time and that much commitment, I mean, the zeal that you have is amazing. The fact that uh, you've got so much energy and may it well, well continue for years and years, you know, you. <laughs> um, to research and to actually have something literally on, on the table, you know, uh, that can, that's going to last. Well, it's going to be there, isn't it? It's always going to be there. Once an essence is made, that's it. And yep. that's another beauty of healing, isn't it? Because you're leaving essences for 
Well, for for uh, time immemorial, as such, uh, which everybody can benefit from. Yes, well, we you know we we think of all the work Hahnemann did. I mean, those remedies are still available today, and and all the all the early homeopaths, and it's that that work, that legacy, which hopefully will continue both for homeopathy and and the bush essences. You know, like I have um, a staff of over twenty people, yet I'm the one who will go and make the essences because I really want to make sure that. If I'm having a bad day and be involved in, you know, a car accident or an argument with the next door neighbour, then I'm not going to make the essence that day. So, to, mm. again, to maintain the integrity of of um, of the essences which are being made. Amazing. Now, Ian, you mentioned about uh, teaching and promoting, and that you are in Europe um, at at this moment. Uh, well, at the time of this uh, recording of this uh, homeopathy health podcast, but. Uh, you are doing these level three workshops. So how, how is that? Do, do tell us a bit more about what's involved and um, the, the courses that are available that you're involved with as far as teaching. Well, there's uh, the levels one, two, and three. We basically divide the, which used to be 69s, now 70 of the essences. So we cover a third in each one. Plus we'll um, go into great detail about each essence how it can be used, um, um, understanding about the qualities of it. And there'll be some other techniques that we incorporate in there as well. So like the level three will have um, the making of an essence. We also I also teach age regression in there, uh, how to work with the meridians. Um, you know, for example, you know, we, we know that a lot of the homeopathic remedies will, will have that, um, you know, worse in the evening or worse in the morning, et cetera, et cetera. Hmm. So Chinese medicine, it's there's the time zone. So between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. is heart. So, you know, indicating that if, if you've got problems with the heart, it's going to show up and be worse during that time. So understanding meridians, how you can work with the essences topically, beginning at the end of the meridian. The level two, it's a lot more working with the, the nature spirits, the Davic realm. There will be um, techniques to help with diagnosis. In level one, we do, you know, uh, bush walks, trust walks. Well, not so much bush in Europe, but we'll go out um, directly into the field, how to tune into the plants. And then there's a number of one-day workshops. I will have a, all the essences working on women, one for the men, one for children, you know, so looking at from conception, the pregnancy, labor, early childhood, how the essence can be used in conjunction with that. We have one for mental health, you know, dealing with, say, anxiety or depression, how, which essence is working there. A graceful aging one. And things that I've used in my practice, now not being a full-time practitioner, then like kinesiology was something that I work a lot with with patients. So I haven't created a, a two-day kinesiology workshop you know, we, my wife and I will teach people how to muscle test and then how you can, different conditions you can test if a person has a problem with it and then by working with the essence, how you can correct that. Um, when I studied my naturopathy, I also studied numerology. So for every patient, I'll, I'll do their numerology chart, which is a very quick way to get see a strength and challenge of someone, indicate what essences might be useful. So, you know, there's a, and then there's a, three spiritual ranges of remedies which are not made from flowers but um, working at a different level so there's this 
quite a, a, a repertory, if you like, of different essences and, and the workshops teaching people how they can be, um, how, they, how they can use them. And during COVID, because we weren't able to travel, um, we built a recording studio and offices at, in Sydney and we you know, did, like many people, doing the um, broadcasting webinars. And, and the nice thing about that is now we have a record of everything I want to say is recorded and people can access that even if they're not able physically to you know, come to a workshop somewhere. Ian, you are very fortunate because your wife, Jane, um, accompanies you on many of the trips that you make. So that must be actually, that must be so nice, right? Because, you know, you're, uh, you're, you're working together and, and, and to have sort of your partner and your companion uh, to help you or vice versa, you know, working together. Yeah. For this common objective and 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 you know teaching and and sourcing the flowers themselves and doing the research do share it must be such a delight right <laughs> it is it, it's um you know like that tremendous support that, mm. and love that i get from from jane following on my path and and she's an accomplished musician she's got her own career she's the principal harpist um in the opera in sydney and uh, you know to get the time off you know, there's the, the the annual holidays and she'll take some long service leave, but some of the, you know, conductor saying, well, you know, like we don't want her, don't let her go. She's our, she's so good. We don't want to lose her. So, so mm. every year is a little bit of a battle when we've been, you know, traveling to do that. And, um, you know, she's, was always involved um, with, with healing herself. She was before switching to music, she was, in, she's from the United States. She was doing a medical, starting a medical degree because she'd always been interested in healing. And with musicians, because they spend so much time practicing, especially when they're young, they often end up with, um, you know, quite a few social problems because they're so isolated and not interacting a lot. Mm. Or they've got ergonomic problems with those instruments. When you're playing hour after hour every day, they're not really geared uh, to you know for the human body so they get neck and shoulder problems so she's always you know healing she was um using flower essences the bark flowers before she came to australia treating people so it, it's it's nice that she's got that healing background and um, loves nature so you know that, that's a, a great thing and um you know we will do co-teaching together when we're teaching kinesiology and uh, i've incorporated some of the healing that she does with her music in, in you know, we have a um, one of the, the white light essence remedies needs sound to help activate it. So, you know, she's recorded with the principal violinist from the uh, Sydney symphony, uh, a white light CD. So when people are taking that rem one of the remedies in that range, they're playing that CD at the same time. And we had a group of, of Brazilians came to Australia for a, a workshop just at the time we launched uh, the White Light, which was back in the beginning of 2000. So Jane and Kirsty played a little concert for them. And you know, and see all the Brazilians walking at, out the end when the concert was over, just tears flooding down their face. So it's, it's um, really nice how we can weave in the the her music and, and also her passion for, for nature and um, for healing into my work. As a healer and for the, for the listeners today, I, I, I would say, you know, that nowadays it's very quick to raise objections about something or even people may even say, oh, 
plants don't have pain and this and that. But I tell you one thing, uh, you're going to, of course, you're going to agree with this, Ian, as a, as a, as a herbalist and, and as a healer, that, look, plants and flowers and nature was around well before man was around, before humankind was there. So, you know, to denounce something without any proof sometimes is 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 not the right way you know this is not how we're supposed to be how we're supposed to think because these things were always there these plants and and, and minerals and, and other resources they were on this planet well before humankind so who are we to then start questioning so much that oh you know this is nonsensical this is this the only reason i think sometimes we are able to perhaps say th such negative things is because we think we've advanced so much. And yet, here is proof that one individual can go in the bush and spend over 35 years in the outback and, and spend hours and hours researching plants, which are then used around the world, or essences, should I say, used yeah. around the world for healing. So, hey, you know, what's that all about, you know? So yeah, that's 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 just something I wanted to share. Well, on one hand, you've got I think most people would um, know that if they're not feeling well, just having a walk out in nature, they're going to feel so much better, and that's just an, a, a very empirical sense. Yet, you know, we've got studies done. Um, we do a combination which is called electro. And one of the main plants in that is called mulla mulla, which grows out in the very centre in the hottest parts of Australia. And we you know, found it's very good for radiation. Now, whether it's solar radiation, <clears throat> x-rays, it's gamma radiation, it's electromagnetic or nuclear. And um, most people will be familiar with Chernobyl, the 1986 nuclear disaster. The country that suffered the most was Belarus because of the direction of the wind. Mm. And Green Cross, which is an offshoot of Red Cross, looking at more environmental factors, every year they were doing uh, testing of the children in Belarus, even this is you know, sometimes even a decade or more after the nuclear action before the children were born, monitoring the, the children who had the highest levels of nuclear radiation. And in the summer, they would take them to the Alps in Belarus and they'd have cardiologists, neurologists, endocrinologists working with them with trying to reduce those radiation levels. We donated um, quite a lot of electro so that they could do that work. And they found out that the electro was the most effective treatment they've ever come across for reducing the, ra the radiation in the children. It reduced it by 43% in two weeks. Wow. The next best treatment they'd ever come across was 21%. Um, so it's really nice when there's um, – we can do the testing as well, as well as that uh, thing of, well, oh, yeah, I feel it, you know, or, or the observation when um, you know from a practitioner is using remedies, they're getting results. So it's great that we can show that they're working on all these different levels. And um, – we have teachers in different countries and we have one of our teachers in Brazil and she's in the, the state of Natal there. And she did a study with the University of Natal on children, six-year-old children with behavioural problems. And the results were so good that the Natal state government paid her to train 400 um, 
counsellors, doctors, healthcare workers in using the bush essences. And the thing they liked about it was it was quite inexpensive, totally safe, and they got very good results. But it's, it's just showing how the application, the essences can work on many levels very effectively and without side effects and for quite inexpensive. It's simple, effective healthcare, isn't it? Literally simple, effective healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. And what I like about it is you, you can have people who aren't, you know, haven't done their, their years of training in homeopathy or medicine or naturopathy, but they can recognise that, um, you know, their child's, uh, you know, like feeling very, down because they didn't get invited to the birthday party all the other friends did or you know the the pet dog has died and they're really going through a lot of sadness and, and grief so that they're, they're quite straightforward what they can match in essence to treat that person with Ian, i was going to ask you with everything that's going on <clears throat> do you actually get any time for any hobbies <laughs> <laughs> well um one of my other passions is body surfing, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that where I live in Sydney is uh, it's about an hour north of Sydney, and it's you know we look down on the ocean, and there's a, a group of men I I go body surfing with all through the year, and um, you know there's probably about fifteen, and any morning um, there's there's probably about at least five or six. We all down there uh, going out and, and surfing together, and. Um, three of the men are in their 80s, quite a few in the 70s. I'm one of the younger ones at, uh, <laughs> in my 60s. Mm. So, you know, that's certainly uh, um, a, a nice balance of being physically active and, and, and having something that I love doing. And um, art's another one. Um, you know, one of the, the nice things about travelling is you, you get to see some um, beautiful art and go to um, galleries around the world, etc. So, yeah, there's a the challenge, I think, for a practitioner is you get so narrowed in your focus that maybe you only have uh, friends associated in, the, in that healing area. So it's always good to try and broaden a little bit so you don't get too narrow in your, in your focus. Yeah, absolutely. So when is the autobiography out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, caught, I caught you off guard there, didn't I? <laughs> Well, look, there's, there's always a few projects, you know, there is a, a not, not that particular one, but um, yeah, there are some other projects I've got for, you know, books and, you know, we've, we've just, we have a set of photos of all the flowers, which are, you can use as a diagnostic tool. We've just revamped those. I've just uh, re rewritten one of my books, um, re-edited another one, which is coming out. So there's, there's always projects, certainly. Yeah. You should you should have you should write an autobiography and you should call it uh, perhaps um, okay I can't think of the name but I, I did actually <laughs> have one but uh, I'm, I'm sure we need to hear a bit more we, it's I think it would be wonderful to know more about this history that you have it's uh, I think it's amazing and it's going to be an incredible read so I will certainly look forward to that and next time you're on the homeopathy health show hopefully early next year i will ask you that same question by the way <laughs> all right <laughs> thanks a tick for, yeah you're, uh, you're um, Ian, like a gentle yeah. prod <laughs> yeah yeah um it's been an absolute 
delight, honestly. I, I'm so, so happy that you were able to find time to come on the show today because uh, I had so many pressing questions and uh, I really wanted to to engage and, and get your experiences and insights, you know, as far as the bush flower essences are concerned, as far as your experiences are concerned. So thank you so much. And, uh, you know, it's it's been great. Well, thanks, Atik, and I look forward to coming back next time and we'll maybe go into some of the little bit more specific essences next time. So if, if we do that uh, for, for early next year, like you suggest, that would be, I uh, look forward to it. I do hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of the Homeopathy Health Show. Please do support the show by clicking follow on my socials. Remember, the more exposure the podcast receives, the better for homeopathy around the world. You can find me on Instagram by searching for at like underscore treats like and on both Facebook and TikTok by searching for at like treats like. So let's promote the voice of homeopathy on radio and podcast around the world together. Don't forget to visit me online at www.liketreatslike.co.uk and click on the radio and podcast tab. Here you'll be able to see all the guests that have joined me on the show so far. And of course, you can stream on demand the latest episode to your mobile, tablet or PC. Until next time, stay safe and take care.